0: Welcome to Campfire Convos in the Play Connection on the Clubhouse audio platform. Campfire Convos is a weekly discussion led by Jonathan Pampel, one of Mastermind Adventures Professional Dungeon Masters. Mastermind Adventures is a team of creative professionals dedicated to conquering isolation and loneliness by building community through play. This is an informal conversation with folks who facilitate, design, or play tabletop role-playing games. Join us live every Wednesday.
1: Welcome everyone, my name is John and I'm a GM with Mastermind Adventures. If you haven't heard of us, we're a team of creative folks doing their best to conquer isolation by building community through play. Today though, we're here to hang out and talk about characters. What are our favorites? How do we make them? What worked and what didn't? So we've got a few people that are coming in right now. Looks like Kristen's pinged a few folks. Let me invite you guys on stage, We'll uh, we'll talk about things. So is it, is it Mel or... You can
2: call me Mel or Melissa or Hey You or... Oh,
1: okay. That's fine.
3: <laughs> How's it going? I was just getting my audio fixed because it's been a while since I've used the app.
1: Yeah, I kind of prefer the club deck because uh, Clubhouse loves to drain my battery on my phone. So I, uh, I'm on my PC at the moment.
3: Oh, thanks for reminding me. I got to plug my phone in.
1: <laughs> I just unplugged mine.
4: Made sure the battery is all nice and charged for this. How you guys doing? Hey, Greg. Hi, Greg. Hey, hey, hey Bree. Good to see nice you. To see. Yeah, absolutely. How you bang?
5: Peachy, absolutely peachy. Yeah,
4: love it. Yo, Greg, it, I,
1: got, I got a question, man. Um, you were doing... Is this a, a fresh start of Barrow Maze that you're doing or w- were you continuing on with your old campaign?
4: Um, You know, here's the thing. Everything that has already happened uh, has happened and I'm just continuing on. I, everybody who's already got a character in there right now is more than welcome to keep playing it or if they want to start somebody new, I'll give them the opportunity. Uh, you know, there's a nice, rich uh, group and community starting in there um, and I've got some folks who are already trolling me with their characters <laughs> so it's uh they they've uh they, they they got together as a group and decided to to basically uh create a group of uh turtles uh like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and now I got some other guys who are doing G.I. Joe spoofs um so yeah they're uh but they're all in the world and everybody who's played before their characters are still there so they're all welcome to come back
1: so you've got like a rich tapestry of characters going on right now in Barrowman. Uh,
4: absolutely, and actually, the fun part is is that the Turtles, uh, the, the Tonies, as they are called themselves, uh, they int- they actually have contributed a lot to the local lore. They have introduced a brand new um, delicacy to the Early Grave in the Za, which is a uh, you know a, a sa- savory dough baked to per- uh, golden perfection typically covered in cheese and oil and crushed tomatoes uh and they fired in the peat ovens peat being the main export peat moss being the main export of uh the village of helix uh no joke that's actually written in the campaign uh the 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 the, the, these have taken on such a different flavor they now called peat zaz and this is all 100 contributed by my players uh but i have just bought into it wholesale and now peat pizzas are becoming one of the main exports of the village uh, and they are, uh, you know, and everybody's... Uh, we, we did have the debate recently over uh, what makes the best toppings in-game.
2: Wow. And I'm sorry, where are you playing this?
4: Oh, this is uh, this is Secrets of the Bear Maze. This is the, the West Marcus campaign that I'm running.
2: I have never met you before, and I don't know where you're playing this. Um, oh, uh,
4: it's all online. It's all Roll20. Uh, actually, if you're on the Mastermind Adventures Discord, you... Ah. Uh, yeah, you can uh, jump into my campaign world, and actually our booking system just went live for it this week. I've been, basically everything that's come before has been a glorified play test to make sure that I could manage it. And uh, now we're ready to really start taking more people.
2: Well, that sounds interesting. I mean, any place that has the za from, from Pete Oven, I'm super, super excited about. I love
4: it. And uh, I see your name, uh, I see you listed as New Classic. What was your, what, what's your actual name, if you don't mind me asking?
2: Melissa. Melissa,
4: Greg, pleasure to
2: meet you. Hi. Uh, the D and D club is now live on Twitch. The D and D club—that's not you, right? No, that is not me. I have no, a couple. This
1: is mostly Mastermind Adventures type folks here. Yeah,
2: but I'm I'm looking for you in Discord and trying to see which one of them is ah there you are. Yes. Excellent. Uh, where should I say hello? Which? Uh,
4: drop into the Early Grave Tavern. Do do do. And... Yeah, drop in there. And uh, that's where a lot of people like to post their after action reports. But I'm going to start trying to schedule just like in game chats and stuff like that so people can get Mm. to know each other. Because, you know, with a West Marches campaign, the idea is that you get, you know, a a large pool of people and everybody kind of gets to know each other and they'll mix and match uh, adventuring parties.
2: I don't think I'm seeing it. I'm seeing Mastermind, GM, You might have one of your
1: characters or one of your players.
3: Yeah. You, well, you might have to uh, go into the role, the reaction roles, and um, tag yourself. Reaction
2: roles. Okay. Channel is read only.
3: Ah. Yeah. So what you're going to do in the reaction roles
2: mm-hmm. is
3: you're going to just uh, there is a post. I'm actually trying to pull it up so I can guide you Sorry.
2: Better. Hi. You're good. <laughs> trying to
3: pull. Where are we? Reaction roles. Here we go. So if you scroll up, you'll see. Um, a post that says reaction rolls, and there's a whole bunch of emotes in there with a whole bunch of names. If you find Greg's name, that's the uh, green circle. So right green. underneath that post, if you click on the green circle, you should his channels should pop up.
2: I blocked. Let's see, what do we get now?
1: Greg's got a lot of uh, a lot of player made content in those channels. I was I I was Greg's player before I came to Mastermind and it was a it was a good time. A lot the of early folks get inspired by it
4: thank you so much and yeah and yes the early Grave Inn is the name of the tavern uh it's actually something a lot saucier in the actual campaign uh materials but i decided to rename it this is uh the barrel maze itself is a uh osr style campaign so it's very old school saber saber death spells uh unskilled encounters you know like real uh strategy based dungeon crawling but i'm trying to run it west marches style so we can get like this very uh, diverse group of uh, folks playing together. Everybody is focused on their own individual character uh, evolution, um, but they all get to explore this gigantic campaign world together. So yeah, there's that. there's the Barrel Maze, which is a 300 plus room mega dungeon, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's the Duchy of Helix, which is uh, a giant uh, a, a giant region all in itself. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, there's a whole another dungeon module hidden somewhere on that map. Uh, so if you guys stumble across uh, that that dungeon, you guys could wind up delving in a completely different cam- uh, uh,
1: uh, adventure module. So, I got to tell I... you,
6: guys,
1: the Barrow Maze does not pull punches because the the encounters are are randomized, and you can't blame Greg for if you wipe; it's it's crazy. Oh, yeah, I mean, I my, can all of my and my will. Combat, combat rolls are in the open.
4: <laughs> oh, that's fair. Uh,
1: all, all of my all <laughs> of my combat roles are
4: in the open, so it's like I did have one guy. Uh, who took uh, who got flanked by a couple of poor level, poor level three cleric got flanked by a pair of huequivas. uh after he tried turning them they resisted the turn and in the uh, the monster description, if they resist a turn, they immediately go after the the being that turned them and do not stop beating on them until it, it is dead uh, and uh, he he got flanked. And took four critical hits in a row and there was nothing I could do about it. I was like, nope, that's all in the open. Sorry, bro. So Ow. yeah, it was uh, it was pretty gnarly. They actually he had enough temporary hit points that he managed to sponge up a lot more of it than I thought he would, but it was uh, it was it was a pretty sick moment where he's just and then the sad part is the guy's literally the crit magnet for the for that group. He he gets crit multiple times a game. It's to the point where we're about to start putting a uh, a, a counter on it ever for every session with him tell him to
3: buy some adamantine armor
4: yeah seriously adamantine armor right now that would be freaking sweet so pardon me one second i'm in the middle of making my afternoon coffee so if you hear me clanging stuff around i apologize um
2: well you sound way more advanced than i am but i did pop in and say hello Thank you so much.
4: <laughs> very very excited. Uh, I'll have Bolo the barkeep uh, uh, start chatting with you in a
1: little bit. So okay. feel free to uh, to engage.
2: Yeah.
1: So sounds fun. Yeah, like this this whole session, like kind of the uh, kind of why we're together today. Uh, I, we are gathered here today <laughs> to discuss some of our favorite characters and what made them work in our campaigns. Ones you made or ones that you played with that were especially stuck out to you. And uh, I know that as D&D players, we've seen a lot of folks come and go, a lot of characters come and go. and But there are some that kind of stick out to us that, like, wow, this really works with with the, the storytelling style and the group dynamic. Does anybody have anything like that they want to share?
5: Um, my main, I guess, so I've, like, themed all my characters. My main character's name is Lark. Um, all my characters are, like, bird names. And um, she is, like, an agent of chaos. And I feel like it, it, it I don't know, lends fun to the game, I guess. So I appreciate that about her.
1: Well, you're a, I I played with this character i dm for that character so she's a wild magic sorceress that has a bit of adhd like brie herself yeah
5: yeah um you know i don't know I, I have some varying characters that work to varying degrees and um some of them i i feel like i just don't know them but i feel like i know lark really well like we have a vibe and we um I don't know. I guess I would make a lot of the same decisions that she makes.
1: Well, I know that with that group, you are you're you're in a group with a bunch of pretty serious guys. Like, they're all like, either martial classes or war clerics, dudes that just want to bash skulls. And um, adding a little bit of chaos into the mix makes things happen. Whereas, like, the Uh, whereas the other players were like okay let's do this smart let's let's do this really safe where bree just charges in and gets things done or does not to uh lots of consequences
5: or like overkill or they spend the whole battle like trying to revive me because i was in an alternate dimension the whole game or something
6: like that
4: Well, I think it's always super important to have a, a character that will just recklessly run into a room and push the giant red button. That's like the, the DM's favorite plot device, really. You know?
1: Yeah, please. Please fall from my stuff. Or... Or at least pretend to.
5: Yeah, I mean, she would definitely be that person. She'd be like, ooh, shiny red button. What'll happen if I push it? I don't know. I'm just gonna push it. It'd be really fun. Um, But... She's also the kind that'll like forget to move around, or like will will steal something she shouldn't, or um, I don't know, make eyes at somebody she shouldn't.
6: Yeah.
2: Tell me more about this eye making, madam. That sounds interesting.
5: <laughs> I, I don't know. Steer down. Steer down a really nice character, or get some judgments incorrect, or I don't know something along
1: those lines brie likes to play the look before you leap sort of character which is good with her group dynamic like like i said the guys she plays with are super cautious and they're they're there to be successful whereas uh we need a little bit of fun
2: fun random i'm the
5: leap before you look not look
2: before you leap i actually oh, transposed bad. that when he said that yeah
1: you know what i mean
2: i did know what you meant thank you i like it brie
5: in contrast, and in, in in uh contrast i guess my other character her her outside appearance is really absurd but she is actually really dull and i'm having a really hard time getting to know her
1: do you mean your your other robin
5: character? the tiny fairy barb that like yeah i don't know her that well
4: oh well you know you got to bring her back to barrow maze and we'll we'll get a chance to to let you flex with her (laughs)
5: yeah i think i will and then i have another character who is a who has a companion ren who is a who has a companion tiny t-rex and so all my characters are really bizarre (laughs)
2: I think that's amazing. And I also have a little fairy character, and she's a pyromaniac and very angry. Uh, so, you know, tiny little high five
5: what do you what do you like about her? Like, what What's really cool about her?
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, she's really angry, and she will not hesitate to threaten to set her teammates on fire if they cross her. I mean, not like a lot, but like a little bit of a, you know, like a little spark, (laughs) just to be like, hello, pay attention. Um, I like that she's, I like underdogs and she's like a foot high and- Incredible. And sets things on fire and kind of, she's kind of an asshole. But she has a soft spot she doesn't want anybody to know about.
1: Those are so. my favorite kinds—the mm. uh, the real jerks of characters. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't get to be that in real life. I can be a little bit snitty in in campaigns.
2: Yeah, I I definitely have yelled at some of my players, my co-players, my teammates, my party. And They're like so, sounds. Go ahead. I'm, you
5: sound you sound very nice and friendly and, and bubbly. Do
2: you find <laughs> Do you find that she's a challenge to play? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not at all. I sound really nice, but I could no. <laughs> she uh, so um, no, she's not a challenge to play at all, and uh. I think we have a character who's, who's a little bit like you, who likes to just kind of like leap a lot and, uh, thinks nothing of splitting the party. And so my, my little fairy has had words with her sometimes. And it's funny. It's like a sibling rivalry, the way we bicker. Um, no, I don't really find it hard to play her at all.
1: Well, I got to tell you, as a dungeon master, those types of relationships between characters are some of the best content like it's it really takes a load off of us. you know the the DM is there to introduce complications into what the players want to do in like a fun way. And when the players can kind of give the DM a hook for a change, oh, it's amazing. Uh,
2: Honestly, literally, we, we bicker too much and we need to scale it back because it does sometimes get in the way of actually doing anything. Um, so I am consciously trying to throttle that back a little bit. Uh, but um, she is a ton of fun to play. So she's definitely one of my current favorites. I love that. On that now, note. Oh, go oh Greg, you go. No, no, after
4: you. I I talk all the time, so please.
6: <laughs> well, um I was going to ask as a, a su- soon to be um GM myself, do you have any tips for like how to I guess introduce and encourage um your players to sort of show what their character is all about? That's Ooh, a very open-ended question. An- I just realized. <laughs>
1: well, no, it that's is a, a complicated question, one. Yeah, it's it so, yeah. Some players are hard to get out of their shell. Um, you really have to find the story that appeals to them, and like when they get there, when they get to a part of the story that they can really relate to or really interact with, you'll know mm-hmm. like their uh, their entire demeanor changes, even if it's just uh, online, like an audio.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think uh, this is like one of the benefits of having a session zero with your players is Mm. uh, being able to talk with them and understand what kind of uh what kind of character it is that they want to play what kind of story that is that they're looking for and i mean for me it's like i will uh nothing brings out a a person's true character as much as how they overcome adversity uh so you know that's why i like to take people players backgrounds or character players character backgrounds not player backgrounds i don't like to metagame like that but uh take players character backgrounds and use it to screw with them, you know? And, and there, uh, you know, and then you can find like the method in which that they will come out of their shell most. Do they want to express themselves in combat? Do they want to express themselves through role play? Do they want to show off skills, you know? Um, but also like, you know, you, I know that everybody was kind of like obsessed with Boba Fett cause he was, you know, in, he looked awesome and, and was, you know, in Empire Strikes Back and had six lines. You know, and then Mm. went out like went out like a wimp uh, at the end of Jedi or at the beginning of Jedi, Uh, you know, and everybody's like, oh, my God, what a great character. But now that we're actually seeing who the character is and there's character evolution and stuff like that, some folks are like, oh, my God, they're ruining the character. It's like, Mm. you know, there's sometimes players and characters want to have an air of mystery. But the thing is, is that everybody's got a story. And the most interesting part about that is finding out what that story is. You know, nobody really I mean. Edge lords really like being like, oh, I'm the dark, mysterious one in the corner, you know. But mm-hmm. nobody really cares, and you're easily forgettable after about thirty seconds because no one really gives a shit about the 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 the, the Dark Lord of Denny's sitting in the back of the diner. You know, it's like <laughs> you, you gotta you, you gotta you gotta offer something and give us a reason to be invested. So you know, mm-hmm. as the DM, it's like give give people a reason to, to share themselves. Uh, or you know, and share just, what they're good at, and uh, give them some adversity to overcome. So not only do they feel comfortable and confident at the table, but uh, people get a better I- idea of who they are. They can they can share who their persona is in this case. So just
3: on a little bit more of a simplistic side of it, it's it. I find that the more open you are in terms of revealing the characters of your NPCs to them, so try the accent yeah. or try the voice or give them personality, or um, and just show that you're not embarrassed by, by doing that and opening up and you'll find that players will do the same.
6: Nice. Okay. Awesome. I, uh, I am working on, on some voices. So yeah, that's and, that's going to feel Thank like you, so you have to be a tips. master
3: voice actor or anything like that. Like, even if you just oh. do slightly gruff voice or something like that, just anything that gives a slight hint as to who they are is enough. Like, oh, do not feel fun. pressured to be a master at voices. I, I'm certainly not.
6: <laughs> yeah, you're, you're. I'm no you're, Matthew Mercer, but I. Exactly. Yeah, no one, do one is. Dabble. Yeah, but
4: who is? You know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. honestly, and, and the fun thing is, is that even if your accents are terrible for what you're trying to accomplish. They sound unique and they can be Mm. 100% accurate and perfect for your purpose in this story. You know, Mm. I don't have perfect uh, RP accent or, you know, like I don't have good royal pronunciation British uh, or I don't have good cockney, but I can always give it my best shot. And that's how those Mm. characters sound in this world, because this is my world, you know. So, you know, there is like a a freedom to 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 jump off because there's like uh, to jump off and try something because there is that yes and permissive environment that you're in. Mm.
1: It just serves to differentiate the characters from each other, especially if you're the mm. DM. You're doing all these different people, and if they sound even slightly distinct, it's going to do a lot to take your character, mm. uh, take your, your players into the world.
5: Um, there's one of our DMs. He gives an, um, a DM inspiration um, for us to share something about a character that we haven't previously shared. So just something like... Flat out asks us.
3: Yeah, no, that's a great approach is to literally just offer them the carrot to do it.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it's just like, okay, now it's show and tell time. What do you got? And just that's a great way to get things started if you're having trouble greasing the wheels otherwise.
5: I mean, a lot of times, like, as a player, not a DM, I'm like... I'm getting to know my character as I'm playing.
3: Oh, absolutely.
6: Well, thanks, pals. I, I really appreciate it.
1: Anybody got a character they're particularly proud of, uh, that they know kind of why it worked whenever they used
2: them? I don't. I just wanted to congratulate Joanna on her Australian accent. It's really well done.
6: Thank you. I've worked very hard on it.
2: <laughs> You're very welcome.
6: <laughs> what I, um, I was saying to Michael the other day, um, cause now I'm going to encourage this line of inquiry. Um, we were talking about accents and stuff for, for a campaign I'm putting together. And I just realized that, um, I can fully take advantage of my Swedish heritage and just do the most ridiculous, um, interpretations uh, of accents from my own country and my players will have no idea that they're not accurate because it's first of all english like swedish english and then it's like a dialect of swedish like once removed and then potentially like because of that a dialect of english once removed so yeah it's it's gonna be a great time but thank you so much i um I worked a lot, uh, on, you know, assimilating and, and such. So yeah, thanks.
4: That's awesome.
7: Having, uh, having go-to rules for, for accents in a fantasy realm is, is really good. Uh, I think uh, a great example currently, uh, is, uh, the expanse and the, uh, the Bertalora, uh, accent is really fun. Um, a lot of uh, combinations but they they all follow the same rules and uh all the actors that they brought on to play them um it really felt coherent throughout which is really cool nice.
6: that's awesome. i need to check out that show uh
1: the uh, the audiobook did a good job with the accents too like that's how i listened. Oh. that's how i i experienced the expanse the first time like they he, he did a good job incorporating all the voices with the, the proper accents and stuff. I, I say proper, but I mean, like, convincing.
6: Mm. Was it a book originally, and then it became a series, or did they make a book from the series?
1: Uh, I think, if I remember properly, it was a D&D campaign, or a tabletop campaign, and wow. then it became a book, and then it became a series? Yeah. Oh, that is I so believe cool. it's a game, book,
7: and then series. But the writers have done it, like.
6: Michael, you're cutting out a lot. Like, Are you driving by any chance? <laughs> Ty, okay. you're
7: Yeah, I am. Uh, but uh, it got canceled in season three, right? So they, you can see how they changed up how. I mean, honestly, if we're just talking to d how they presented the campaign. You can see that change after episode three. Or Sorry, not episode three. Season three. They do, they open up with one through three as a, what do you call it? Um, A noir kind of detective feel. And it evolves into a, honestly, it feels like you're playing like a, a 4TS game and you're along for the ride.
4: 4TS? I've never heard of that. Uh, what see. kind of game is, is it?
7: It's, let's see. 4E. Uh, so it's like the 4... expand, exterminate, explore. What is the fourth one? Uh,
2: exploit. Extinguish? Oh, exploit. That's good. Exploit. I think I've heard yes. of this before. The 4Es... <laughs> I've only
1: heard 4X, which is like... Yeah, I was
3: going to say 4X is what I've heard. Yeah,
1: I I was confused by the TS. (laughs) Sorry, Michael. You've cut out almost entirely now. We, We might hear you in just a minute.
2: On the subject of accents, I just wanted to say one of my favorite characters that I've heard recently was a guy in a podcast who created a I think he's a gnome ship captain ships mate something I I don't know but he's ridiculous he has an accent that doesn't exist anywhere and um I literally copied it for a goofy one shot that I did with some of my friends because I liked it so much but the the character's name is Spagoober and he is like cheerfully dumb. And he's just like, hello, I am Shpagoober. And it's like, nobody sounds like that. That's like, that's, that's ridiculous. And I funny f-
3: is there's 8 billion people in this planet. Somebody sounds like that.
2: Well, clearly <laughs> Shpagoober <laughs> sounds like that, but I 100% stole Spagoober and turned him into Gil and, uh, loved every minute of it. And so you don't have to sound, you know, quote, right. Mm. Like I very rarely yeah, whatever plan really my accents.
3: I literally mm-hmm. just let my characters sound like how they'll sound.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and same Same one shot. I uh, was trying to do gruff and ended up drunk. So that's cool. That happened. <laughs>
4: uh, yeah. We've all been there. So, so uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this. One of my biggest problems, believe it or not, is actually keeping my, my accents and characterizations consistent between all my NPCs. Uh,
6: So
3: a tip that I've gotten about that from um, the DM of uh, a podcast called The Dungeon Run, uh, Jeff Kanata, the way that he does it, and he does brilliant accents, is when he comes up with an accent for a character, he'll say the character's name in the accent several times. Because then when somebody says that person's name again, he's got the immediate memory locked to how that name was said, and then the accent comes back.
4: Oh my Um, god, that's brilliant. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yep. I'm an idiot for not having thought of that. <laughs> I
3: saying, know that's exactly how I felt, too. Yeah,
2: having having a sentence or something that you can say in that character's accent, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily just their name, although that helps, like, hello, I am from um, It really I think it helps. Like, I have a lich character that um, whenever I want to talk like her, I say a very specific thing like you, that boy. You know, and it's like immediately like I am this snotty lich bitch who's talking to this little orphan boy and and sneering a bit at him, but also sort of like handing him a sweet and then wiping my paws off on a handkerchief because he's so grubby like that, that incredible. Uh, it really it really helps to have just this like, you know, or like, has anybody seen Big City Greens? Yeah, and my, my daughter that, watches
1: yet. it. I see it once in a while.
2: I love it. Okay. So Tilly, I love Tilly. She's this cute little Southern girl. And she, when she talks to her dad, like she's like, well, okay, Papa, what is it you want me to do? And it's like, that's so very specific to Tilly. Does that make sense?
1: That's kind of yeah, how absolutely. I talked before mm, I 100%. kind of uh, normalized my accent.
2: <laughs> or like <laughs> he wanted to sound like Bart Simpson, right? versus Homer Simpson. Like, there's a very specific thing that you would say.
3: Yeah, the catchphrases.
2: Right, like, mm. have a catchphrase for that accent, and I think it helps. That's all.
1: Yeah, do it Yeah, a that's of the how I generally get challenge. into
3: accents in theater.
1: Yeah, like, you ever fail an accent so badly you've changed the plot to your game? I've done that. <laughs> oh, that sounds funny.
4: <laughs> okay, now now I'm curious. How'd that work?
1: Okay, I was trying to do an accent for a little girl that lived in a country town, and... uh. Like, one of the characters come up and, like, they hand her, like, a doll or something. Like, here you go, little one. And I I fail so badly, I'm like, thank you. And they're like, my God, she sounds sinister. Oh. So she had to become uh, something awful in the story instead of, you know, just a throwaway NPC little girl. Uh so like, it, the story became about her and them discovering exactly what was wrong with her instead of say, uh, what I the story was actually about.
3: That,
1: that, sounds like
4: the, that's brilliant. that sounds like the best kind of mistake.
3: I mean, I've, I've turned somebody who was supposed to be an ally into the big bad because just the way that I role played them, they hated him so much. I'm like, well, I mean, this is perfect. I can't make them hate somebody worse than this. So might as well. <sighs>
5: yeah i remember that um with the little girl like we were just like we wanted to know every single thing about her and where she went to school and what was her background and where did you know why is she so evil and what happened
1: yeah i was going for slightly off-putting but i went like uh turbo turbo murderer or something i don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> I you shouldn't that have insulted mr wiggles
2: <laughs> oh, oh no. my goodness
3: oh no oh, oh i'm gonna have nightmares now thanks <laughs> yep
2: We just had an entire one shot based off of Gary Must Die. Not said by me. Um Uh it was great.
3: (laughs) Uh Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, Gary Must Die. Said in a very creepy, like Bambi Wonderland, like soft baby little voice. So cute, so sweet, so innocent, Gary Must Die. And there they went. (laughs) Gary Must Die. It was Oh my oh, goodness. Creepy. <laughs> that was so good.
3: Well, it was nice okay, chatting you with it. you all. I'm out of here. Yep, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, go. Nope, nope,
4: nope that out on this one.
3: So, I, I usually DM, I don't get to play as often as I want uh, as a player, but does anyone else have the same problem I do, where they build a character out to specialize in one thing, and the only thing their dice will not let them do is the one thing you've specialized in?
1: Yes. You know, I... I actually find that kind of charming. I like I like the inept character but that very rarely gets the shine, but when they do, people remember.
3: Yeah, but I had an investigation rogue, so I had like a plus nine to insight, and I could not roll above a three on any of my insight checks.
7: So so there's some. there should be, if you go to Google, there should be some churches around you. What you have is Cursed Die, <laughs> and you should, uh, you should go go talk to them. They have uh, some services they could provide to maybe rectify that situation. I have
3: so we many sets it. of dice.
2: <laughs> Wrecked them? Nearly killed oh. <laughs> I, so I like them. So a buddy, of mine,
3: has, a buddy has, of mine has what we call Dice Foo. Because he rolls crits more than anyone that I know. And we have come to call what I have anti-dice foo because I roll ones more than anyone except for possibly Will Wheaton. Ah,
4: uh,
6: Will Wheaton. Oh eat? man uh, that. <laughs> the, the the thing the one thing that just popped to mind um, in regards to like remembering the voices that you have for your NPCs is if you have like digital notes already, um, For the campaign and for the characters and everything. um, I would probably and I will probably just record a little sample like saying the characters NPCs catchphrase or something or just record a little uh, like best case scenario line of dialogue um, and then I can always worst case listen to that before um, I do the voice.
3: So now you're talking about prepping for a campaign and I
1: uh,
3: (laughs) (laughs) got
4: my style.
1: (laughs) i've got i've got like flavor lines i put under each character mm. in my in my notes you know like this is exactly what this guy would say even if it never comes up in the in the campaign campaign it's something similar to what you're talking about
3: okay like question for you though this. what are these notes you speak of
1: <laughs> yeah it's oh, something is, this
3: i
4: this do too
1: much of yeah
4: this is have, coming have, from I'm the, an the improv who's yeah Rob is definitely yeah i'm an, an improv for, dm uh, to the corner uh, yeah. What was that? Uh, who who was it that started that session where we switched DMs three times and I'm the only one in the room um, and having a massive anxiety attack over the fact that I didn't have anything prepped and like, oh, God, please don't pass me the talking stick. And I didn't realize I didn't know what the assignment I'm not sure he's was, with was us
3: anymore. Down. I don't know if he's with Mastermind anymore. I don't remember who it was. But yeah, it was an amazing session. So we were playing through and we get to this artifact and I pick it up. And all of a sudden he DMs me and he's like, so I just gave you GM rights. It's your story now. And I'm like, what?
4: (laughs) Yeah. I thought It it happened twice more. It went so well. And I was the only one who didn't get past the talking, the the magic conch or the talking stick or whatever it was. I was the only one who didn't get past. I thought like everybody was in on this uh, and they were pulling a rib on me or something, but I was like, like what did I miss? what email chain was I left off of where i didn't where I didn't know that this had to happen you know and it was just i was if if it came to me it was just gonna be rock fall everybody dies because I was like I it, I, it was I, one of I my can't.
3: favorite d and d experiences ever it was yeah. amazing,
4: yeah, oh but that I mean, but you excel in that me I need to have like eight source books all within reach and uh, already have an idea of what it is I'm doing at least a loose idea you know but yeah that was that that straight up was a, a nightmare
1: fuel panic attack for me. <laughs>
3: I'll I'll yeah, keep I've that got, in mind. Thanks, Greg.
1: God damn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got eleven pages of notes for my one shot campaign that lasts an hour. What? Oh, dude. I love
6: that so much. <laughs>
1: hey, I, I over prepare. That's how I cope with the nervousness I get before performing every time. Well, it it never goes away.
3: Yeah, no, I, I used to have stage fright with uh, with being on stage, so I, I understand that. The trick is to just get used to making a complete and utter fool of yourself.
6: (laughs) I I mean, that's the default, isn't it? Right. What
2: you do, take off all your clothes except for your shoes, run naked during the middle of the day down a street in your town, quickly jump into a getaway car before the cops could show up, and you will never worry about looking stupid in front of people ever again.
1: Have you been spying on me? I'll be oh, planning yeah, that for weeks. Like yeah. you, you say that, but I'll be planning that up. Like I'll be like, the car's gonna be here. I'm gonna use these shoes because they're gonna help me get speed. Yeah. I got a train.
2: Right, but then once you do it, nothing will ever scare you again. Uh, do you a public I'll... helicopter. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. Please don't do that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell I'll tell you this. Uh, yeah, the 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 one time I, I actually almost quit stage acting. Uh, after I went up, I, I was a last minute insert in a play, uh, that was, I was doing, we were doing a night of Chekhov one X and I was, in, I got cast into the bear, uh, and I had this gigantic three page monologue. And, uh, I realized after I walked out on stage that the critic from the LA times is sitting in the second row. And for whatever reason, I had only had like two rehearsals, uh, because I was an emergency put in. Yep. I got to my big monologue and drew a gigantic blank and just called the cue mm-hmm. line uh like five minutes early uh and just yeah like after i did that i was like i'm never i'm never acting again uh and that was about like 14 years ago so that's been a damn dirty lie but you know like ever since then i'm like well the worst case scenario has literally happened i've also had things catch on fire on stage around me and also uh uh had costume pieces explode uh and other crazy stuff so it's like yeah you know when when you had the worst happen like everything else is just downhill from there, you know. It makes it it makes it so much easier to, to, to I believe
3: I believe the phrase should be everything else is uphill from. Well, no, I guess downhill.
7: I
4: yeah. mean, you, you know, anxiety goes. Down Greg, you need there, to tell yeah. Michael yeah. Bay like, oh, you're well. not interested. But thank you. There, there <laughs> is. Oh my God, I, I fucking hate Michael Bay's films. I'm sorry. Uh, no, oh yeah, I just don't like his stuff. Um, yeah, he's he's destroyed my childhood memories, among other things
6: tell me how you really feel greg
4: <laughs>
3: yeah greg the trick is to just not remember your childhood all that well
6: ah uh, i I, mm-hmm. I almost have the pet drama
2: for that so. some pain comedy
4: yeah Mm-hmm. absolutely i actually did write a uh write a uh, one act spoofing uh spoofing that stuff so i don't know if i still have it i should actually go and take that up um but yeah just the absurdity of it all um yeah. Anyway, my next play is going to have zombies in it. So,
2: I think your next play should have naked people running down the street and failing in front of critics and things blowing up on purpose. And two are
3: not mutually exclusive.
4: I and I zombies. Will, uh... I'll make, I'll make that. I'll make that a short film, I think, because you know, yeah, it be or, or it could be an immersive environmental theater piece Listen, that could be great.
2: Yeah, all you have to do is call yourself a performance artist, and all of a sudden you're not a flasher; you're just an artist.
4: You could still wind up on the offender registry, of course, but yeah, you know, it's worth uh, <laughs> it's worth an attempt at. Is it as not
2: if you do it in San Francisco?
4: Noted. All right, road trip.
2: They really do have. Um there are definitely naked parades in San Francisco on the regular.
7: You could just open it up with just like, <clears throat> I don't know, uh, you're describing the, the streets and it's dawn and then the zombies are coming out and it's naked people. You don't realize that the naked people are zombies and you're like, welcome to the Bay Area.
2: Right? Oh, you <laughs> gotta set it during SantaCon? Oh, so oh, god. So it, it's oh, literally god.
4: Uh, yeah, you know, no, cute little Santa hats Con. perched
2: on friends of friends. Uh, yeah, no, Santa, Santa Santa I feel,
3: just, I feel like this conversation has, has gotten off topic.
2: Sorry, yeah. sorry. No, but character-wise, you know, that's a character and a half, right? Because I mean, that's mm-hmm. life. That's lived experience. Does so, anybody,
1: does anybody have hard and fast rules they use whenever they create their characters? Like for for me,
2: don't it's be like, an asshole.
1: Get. Give them a home. Well, that's a rule I make, but I break a, the rule yeah. pretty quick. <laughs> like, I, uh, when I start, I'm, I, I give them a home, uh, either metaphorical or literal. Give them a style, and then give them something to do. Which is like, you know, it creates that beginning. Uh, and I, then you have, like, the character arc that takes them through the entire campaign.
3: I go on to Hero Forge. I randomly click around, and then I build a character off of that.
5: I start with, like, a hook right? Like, I start with, like, something funny, and then I just kind of wing it from there.
7: (laughs) Take a trope, and then flip it on its head, such as the trope of people creating characters where both parents are dead in a tragic accident. Instead, they're both alive, but it's a villain character, and they are constantly trying to come up with ways for them to tragically die.
1: Nice. (laughs) Yeah, i I uh, I made one named Basil, and both of his parents disapprove of all of his life choices. He's like a wizard school dropout, and both of his parents are nobility, and they're like they have like a, a golden boy son that's like a, uh, a war hero and a poet, and then there's Basil who kind of sucks at everything, and he's an illusionist wizard and a little bit of a scoundrel with a, a tiefling girlfriend back at, at school that's still there,
5: and he's really fun to antagonize and call different names.
1: Yeah, that's true. You do that a lot.
5: I call him Rosemary. Hmm.
6: Aw. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> Basil, I do. it's about time. Huh? <laughs> oh, my gosh.
4: Well, it's been a long time since I've actually, like, PC'd anything more than a one shot. Uh, I think one of my favorite characters, though, was uh, I had a. Uh, I had a malkavian or this was we did a vampire chronicle when i was in college and i had a Mulcavian who is a uh, starving artist living in boston and uh wound up falling in with um a bunch of different uh or like a bunch of different ne'er-do-wells and we wound up doing crime and it was a lot of fun we actually broke into uh one of the one of the big churches uh, in the center of boston and stole a holy relic because you know reasons uh but i loved the character because I remember I showed up once and he was supposed to be like, you know, like very, um, very, uh, what's the best way to describe this? Uh, you know, like artsy fartsy, uh, very pretentious, very, uh, you know, like uh, you'd see him at like art gallery premieres and stuff like that. And that, that would, that was like his world was all very uh, presentational and very, very thin on the surface. Uh, but, Musical theater
7: student
4: yeah, basically and and I was going to Emerson <laughs> College at the time, so you know, like I totally had all the character research down pat because that was all of my fellow um uh you know student body uh but what i there was one time I showed up, and I just was not in the mood to play, uh, and that's when everybody figured out he was a Mulcavian rather than a toreador because uh that was i I played the character like completely differently, they didn't even recognize somebody actually checked my sheet at one point to make sure I was actually playing. The same character, and this is when they realized that uh, I, I. This is when I made the choice with the storyteller approval, just to go uh, straight uh, multiple personalities with him, and it became a lot of fun because I would you know, like explore improvisationally different triggers to bring out different personality traits, and you know the obligatory uh, obligatory self conversation stuff like that. And for someone who, I mean, even though you know, like I'm an actor by trade, and that's what I was studying and everything else. Um, at the time, I had mostly played hack and slash min-max characters up until that point. And this was the first time I'd really sunk my teeth, (laughs) pun intended, into a really story-heavy, character-heavy role and just had so much fun uh, doing my acting exercises with this character in mind to uh, kind of like try out different things and screw with different accents and come up with like different personalities and, and what are their individual stories and stuff like that. And, uh, it was, it became like, it, it got to the point where I would just roll a D 10 at the top of the, the top of each session to see who I'd start out as. Um, and then just like take it away improvisationally from there. And then you'd have, you know, sometimes it was like, Oh, well, we needed the guy who knew how to drive, uh, fast and drive well to get out of here. But now you're left with the 80 year old man who, uh, who is drooling on himself, sitting in the front seat uh, behind the wheel, and he, he's almost catatonic, you know, and, and crazy stuff like that. So it was it was uh, a lot of fun to uh, to explore that. And that was like the first character that I was like, this is going to be a fleshed out being or beings, rather, uh, and, and really get to explore uh, personalities as opposed to just uh, exploding dice. I did that same thing with the – I love that. Uh,
7: I did that same thing with the, a – Uh, changeling bard with an actor feat Um, and his name was one and he went all the way up to 10 and all the way down to negative 10 and you didn't know it was depending on the role you know the first the first 10 were the negatives and the, the 11 through 20 were the were the positives
1: oh nice that's fun so I'm glad you're one of those players that actually put thought into his Malkavian vampire, because a lot of folks just kind of play them wacky. I'm like, yeah, thanks. We we've seen this before. Could you go back to the drawing board? But you seem to have actually used it as a way to, uh, take things to the next level. I that's good. I like that. You'd be a good player.
4: Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope, I'll, I hope I'll get the opportunity again at some point. Um, you know, I I definitely miss playing, but I also just love DMing a lot. So this is this is good for the moment. It's a it's a good happy spot right now.
5: John was hired at Christmas to DM a game where um the there it was it's a long term party that had been playing forever, and they just over the years they would swap out who was the DM, and so one of the players decided to hire John so that they could all be the players at the same time. That was a pretty cool idea.
1: Now that is cool. They had a, a warlock that played like Sling Blade. You know, he the intelligence dump stat, charisma dump stat, everything else was great. <laughs> and and he he pretty much just was Sling Blade, but a warlock. That was that was hard to RP around, but I it gave me a good workout in the improv way.
5: Did, has anybody had a character that they just didn't jive with? Like, someone they created and then just like, didn't quite like playing
7: as much as they thought they would? Yeah, a sorcerer. Anytime uh, a sorcerer. Yep. I, I thought it would that. be cool. And then I learned how they function. And I'm like, this, after five turns, this sucks.
4: Wow. Now, are we talking 5e sorcerer? Yeah, 5e. Oh, okay, so. So the spell points kind of screw you up. Though. I mean, yes, but also the
7: cantrips, like, you know, I I would prefer if I had knew about Warlock before I did Sorcerer. Sorcerer was like one of the first things I ever played. I would have totally gone Warlock because I can deal with those kind of cantrips, but uh, Sorcerer just didn't scale the way I wanted it to, especially when I'm, I'm witnessing my friends be... You know, monks and barbar a wood monk and a and a barbarian guillotine. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah, that's fair. Um, have you uh, have you seen the coffee lock combo? No, I have not. Okay, uh, take t- uh, basically a, a sorcerer warlock multi class where you can convert uh, spell uh, spell points and spell slots back and forth infinitely uh to basically grant yourself almost infinite abilities it's 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 raw not rai but it is uh and and your dm will probably hate you but uh there are there are He's ways to do it where a short player. rest yeah where a short rest will not stop you you know or a short rest is all you need and you will just be like you know lawn everything so well i love i love don't get me wrong i
7: love the moments and the rp moments and I, i'm I'm a big video gamer so like I had to work hard on not to metagame and HP count and you know play toward how my character would respond not how I know how the fight needs to go so we don't TKO um, mm-hmm. so I, I like to make sure that the DM is having fun I'm not playing something op that just you know mows down an elaborate fight in you know what's supposed to be maybe two sessions and like, Ten turns. But
6: yeah,
7: well,
4: that's sounds uh, cool. I'll, t- I'll tell you this: there's a YouTube channel called D and D Shorts that my uh, that my Monday night group, uh, yes. who are currently going through maze, uh have di- have discovered, uh, and they have. And this guy basically takes our uh, rules as written uh, exploits and just like here, here's like here's all the crazy shit that you can do uh, with rules as written, uh, like the peasant railgun uh, and other crazy uh, combinations. The peasant. Railgun, please. The, the what the peasant railgun basically, what you can do is you can line up a thousand peasants, uh, all with ready actions to take uh, that when they get handed a spear, they pass it on to the person in front of them. You get them all lined up with their ready actions, and then uh, you trigger it by handing the first one the spear, and it goes all the way down within six seconds. Mind you, uh, these ready actions all go off simultaneously. So this spear suddenly has like the, the 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 speed to go. Oh God, I don't even know how far it is, but the math the math turns the damage to be something incredibly ridiculous. Uh, and you know, yeah, the it's just the readied actions going off consecutively as they all hand this spear down, and finally the guy in the end stabs whatever the target is. It's completely if impractical, only Cersei it's completely of the, the peasant railgun, you know, we would have had a yeah. different story. Oh, I haven't seen Eternals yet. Don't spoil it. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, 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 Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. I'll, also that, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm still holding out for the books. Is anybody else not watch the TV and holding out for the books, or am I the only one? I haven't watched it. I wish it. I would have, yeah. that, if that answers your question. Um, that's what
7: I, I hear. Bother. Yeah, I yeah. have <laughs> not
3: nice things to say about George R. R. Martin's writing. I think the
1: TV show is far superior. Interesting. Fair. I read the books uh, when I was going through – Like I, I was in tech support. Like I was one of those guys behind the phone fixing your computer over the phone, and I read through those Game of Thrones books like as they came out, and I liked oh, them. Oh, Lord. But I'm I, so sorry. <laughs> I, I, could, <laughs> well,
3: I couldn't get through the second book as an audio
1: book because I do
3: not enjoy books that need to take 14 pages to tell me the color of someone's hair.
1: Yeah, it That's got fair. a little tedious, but I enjoyed the story enough to where I got through all the books. But when fair. the show came out, I'm like, this is much more digestible. They're, they're right about this one. Am yeah. I
2: the only one who prefers wild cards over Game of Thrones?
1: I haven't done wild cards. I keep on seeing on the shelf, but then I... Yeah,
2: I'm not familiar with this. Okay, so uh, I believe it actually started as a TTRPG, perhaps, at a nerdcon of some kind back in the day, day, day. (laughs) But it's like a shared universe. Um, Sometime in the 50s, somebody... Some aliens came to the earth and they tried to set off a rocket and some big hero dude saved everybody. uh, But the rocket still exploded and this alien virus spread and some people got it and some people didn't. And they get powers and sometimes they draw the uh, black queen, which is not good. Um, Those are the ones who have a mutation that like, I don't know, you turn inside out and die. Mm. And then there's the aces who are like superheroes. And then there are the people who can like, I don't know, spit bubble gum. Um, and so it's this whole like shared world with uh, like a base story. And then a bunch of different authors who've contributed to the world. And it's fantastic. And it's like kind of grim, kind of funny, kind of superhero, kind of cop, kind of a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And it's just really fun and it's that sounds cool way cool and i'm like that's so much more interesting to me than yet another um you know medieval fantasy of power privilege and sex
1: i think uh, whenever i would see it in the bookstore i'd see like a blonde dude on a motorcycle with a sword and i'm like mm, not for me and i just kind of passed it over went on to something else But if you're saying it's good, I might give it a shot.
2: Give it a try. And that's the thing is they're usually anthologies with, um, you know, some common characters and such, but very anthological. And um, it's really fun with all the different characters and the different powers that they have. and, And yeah, it's very sort of grown up comic book.
7: Have you guys <clears throat> thought of doing a. Uh, are you, any of you familiar with Dark Souls or Demon's Souls or the Soul series? Oh, I've in played the through them. Game? So. Uh, <clears throat> I'm a big video game guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I played way too much Demon's Souls when it came out, and I was uh, one and then number two in the world on the leaderboards. Way Shut too up. much. So you way
2: probably
5: too came much. And
1: killed me a couple times.
7: <laughs> I probably did, and I'm sorry. But not get good. You know in the spirit of <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, the way that they do lore uh, was always fascinating to me where it, it isn't dictated so much as it's experienced and you have to uh, where did you like where did you find this object what is the object's description what is it called what does it do and put together you know the, the story that's like finding artifacts in a dead world and putting it together it's, it's a new way of, like, showing and experiencing rather than telling. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I, I know, Robert, you weren't a fan of George R. R. Martin's writing. However, I'm excited for Elden Ring, which is a culmination of everything they've learned from the Soul series and Bloodborne, and had George R. R. Martin write the story for it. So I feel like the story elements that the presentation combined with his writing of... At least the politics part of it will make for an interesting world. I feel like in a in a d and d campaign, that would also be a, a really interesting experience where you 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 it's not a full world with NPCs that you can go talk to. It's like if you find someone alive, they're uh, hysterical and it's rare, and it's like, what can I even glean from this creature who's uh, been out in the wilderness for so long and we're finding these objects and they do weird things, but we don't know exactly what's going on. Um, usually in campaigns I've been in, it's very dictatorial. I mean, <clears throat> it's a lot of experience uh, in play, but also it's it's very full world. Um, and I feel that Dark Souls did a great job in um, uh, creating an experience of how something in a dead world can still have a, a life of its own.
1: Yeah, I I really like doing just exposition in my in places that I write. Like I like incidental um, finding of lore. Like uh, finding finding loot. Have have the loot give some of the lore. Have what the appearance of some of the characters or the the placement of a certain thing tell a story for you. Sometimes what your players come up with might not be what you had in mind, but it's also it's you can tell it's captured their imagination and it allows them to read into these characters something that maybe you missed whenever you were creating them.
7: Like a moment where a player accidentally, finally, after a year of sessions, had this sword that they found in a, in a particular spot, and they just happened to use it correctly one time and unlock something that it does specifically. That's like a really cool moment I've been a part of.
1: Yeah, the, the setup and payoff, it's, it's a, a really big deal uh, it, it offers like these little mini moments that like give somebody like catharsis, like, oh yeah, I put in the effort a long time ago and now it's paying off.
5: Oh man, we at one point had an orc um, uh, breech cloth that we were carrying around for some reason. And he uh, ended up using it for. I don't know, to save some kid, I think, at some point, to protect ourselves using (laughs) an orc breech cloth? I don't know. Like, those are fun moments.
1: I take the everything is significant approach when it comes to lore exposition. I don't like to get the lore fire hose out and just spray you down and see what you soak up. Yeah, there's no way to retain all that, you know,
4: especially if it's all, like, equally important. It's better to, you know, feed it spoonful by spoonful, as opposed to just, you know, like, all right, line up, hose down. So, so uh, I actually, got a
1: question for the group. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I'm
4: sorry. I actually, I, I just want to
1: bid my adieu. I
4: actually have to dip out. I have a class uh, that I have to get ready for uh, in an hour. So I got to finish up my homework for it, but uh, I will be, uh, but I'm looking forward to the next one of these guys. Thank you so much. And I'll, uh, I'll catch y'all next time.
1: Hey, see you later. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks a lot. See you have later, a great Greg. one, mate. Yep. Thanks. thanks time. Arrivederci. Peace out, man. Bye.
3: Okay. Have a lovely conversation, guys. I will talk to y'all later too. See, you, Robert. Bye. All
1: right, later, Rob.
2: Is the room ending?
1: No, not just yet. <laughs> I
2: was, what are you talking <laughs> about? We have an after-party.
1: <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Immediately, I my brain was group. like, "No."
1: <laughs> what is the favorite character arc you've come up with uh, so far for one of your games? Or at least maybe the, the one you're most proud of that you have in mind. As a DM or a player? Doesn't matter. We're all here. We're, we're all players in this game of life. I
7: have never DM'd, but um, my friends and I decided to do an only evil campaign, uh, which was very difficult because it was very nice people all playing characters where we're forced to make the worst and evil decisions. Many people died. Even party members <laughs> died. Um, but uh, my, uh, my monk, who had killed the entire like monastery after he learned how to fight from them, so he could be the only one that knew how to fight, uh, ended up having, uh, I believe it was Dwarven Forge, the, the Deep Forge uh, thing where there's a black dragon and uh, etc., uh, we're down there in the in the deep forge and there happens to be a, um, a a suit of armor or something that looks like a suit of armor it's covered in some grime and it's dark in there so I my character goes over to it and it latches onto to his head and uh, and takes it off uh, and thinking it was a mimic no it was actually a, uh, uh, a war forged um, put place down there and its job was to uh there was a sacrifice made to to give it a a soul a drive as it as it were and uh, my character went from being a half elf monk to a war forged uh, barbarian um what is that a path of the beast so it was almost like a transformer that was incredible
1: i thought i was dead so you got to, like, essentially change characters in mid-campaign. Characters you and class, pers- yeah. You change his personality, too? Like, did, did this change him in some way?
7: Uh, he doesn't sleep anymore, so he's cranky, but he's not tired. He's just, you know, he's not used to not sleeping anymore. So he became more... An evil character became more cranky, but in a in a, I don't want to do this, I'm tired of not being tired way.
1: Okay. So, let's see. Anybody else got one? I, I've i got one I can share. I just didn't want to step on anybody.
5: Go ahead. Okay. For Go for
1: it. Okay. So, I've got a character I, I place into almost all my campaigns. Uh, his name is Kibo. Uh, he's actually King Kibo, first of his name. He's uh, like he's like a tiny kobold that uh, lived in like a remote part of the world, like underground for his entire life. His his whole tribe was uh, like pretty much never saw the surface in their entire lives. And um, like one of the rules they had in their tribe is that if you if you discover like a new part of the of the cave system or you found something, it was yours. You like you you find it and you claim it like well, kibo one day like makes his way up to the surface and discovers sunlight and discovers the surface world and it's his now now he's he's king kibo uh his tribal law dictates that he is now ruler over all that he sees here so his entire character arc is like um uh, he's trying to learn how to be a fair king like you know he introduces himself as king kibo and people just kind of play along with him at first, but if he sees like one of his subjects in trouble, he can't let it be. He's got to go and uh, do something about it. He uh, he helps everybody in need. He tries to be a fair and just ruler over over them all. And he he scavenges like a pink bathrobe that he uh, the, he uses as one of his uh, as a, uh, a royal vestment. And he carries along like like a rubber duck, and he knights people that are in his his adventuring party, and uh, tells them to do good in his kingdom. And like, I, I want his art to be something along the lines of he sees where there is injustice in the world, and eventually he has to like uh, bring all of the the nobility that he sees like under his banner, so as to to make them treat people fairly. Like he he's got to go and conquer the world to save it.
5: He's so fun to play that with. Is really interesting. At first I was like, okay, when is he gonna turn on us? When is he gonna turn on us? Mm-hmm. But so far he hasn't.
1: Well, eventually I have in mind that Kibo's gonna turn into like a, a warlord. He's like, this place kinda sucks. I need to overhaul everything. But he doesn't know anything about the uh the overworld right now. He's he uh he's just faking it till he makes it. And until he like decides, like, okay, so time to bring them all under the Kibo banner.
5: He's adorable.
1: Yeah, right now he's strict, strictly full small time. Does anybody else have a character arc they have in mind for one of their people that they they want to see play out, or they have played out?
6: I um. Ashley, I'm trying, maybe I'll bring them up, but I'm very new to D&D. I've only played the one or two one shots and, uh, will be DMing for the first time in probably a couple of weeks. Um, but anyway, I, for some reason decided that if I ever create, um, uh, a character, whether they be humanoid or whatever, in whatever game or universe, um, they would be called Susan. Um, irregardless of of gender or presentation they're just Susan because um, I thought that was delightful and, and charming so um for D&D I have a character called Susan uh they're a half orc um barbarian I believe and they are sort of the kind of underdog character where they just seem they seem like they don't necessarily get what's up, but sometimes they will have just like the genius moments of somehow reading between the lines of what's going on. Um, They are curious to a fault, in the sense that they are the ones that that jump and then ask questions. Um, And they're kind of just very much, uh, I'd say like a fish out of water kind of vibe. Where in the one shot that we actually did with uh, Greg. So Bex and, um, oh, their name escapes me, but we did a one shot and we, we came across this, this creature, it's like ginormous creature. And all Susan wanted to do was approach it, get to know its name, uh, do a little drawing of it and, and sort of, you know, like I'm big buff creature, your big buff creature. Let's hang out. Um, but that could have ended very, very badly because it was, um, not to my knowledge, probably the most powerful creature in the area. Um, and they're, they're just, they're a big goofball. Um, and I, I look forward to exploring, uh, them further and, and sort of intertwining actual, um, lore and and cool stuff and and things in campaigns in the future
1: so they're like your your lens for experiencing everything in the world and you you like how this lens makes things look and like you like reacting to things as them
6: yeah i think so and they also they um they're just the the most hopeless romantic as well so at the end of of uh, the one shot, I had done a drawing, I believe, and just like collected sort of trinkets from all the the monsters that we defeated. And uh, when we came back to the inn uh, to rest uh, after several, several um, pints of beer, because they also potentially have a drinking problem. uh, they walked up to, to one of the the bar maidens and like a gift for you. So they're, they're just like, they're the, I think the fantasy equivalent of like the golden retriever sort of himbo character. And I think just to be able to relax fully in the character and not have to do like the quip remarks. And if suddenly I come up with one, then that's kind of true to character. Um, and the whole party would be like, dude, did you actually say something smart just now uh, and not just want to hit things? Um, yeah. That's kind of it.
1: The hopeless romantic trait really brought it all together for me. I like I like the concept you've got going on here. It's good. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it kind of makes me think of um some of the ways Frankenstein's monster has been portrayed over the years, over the
2: mm.
6: years. I mean, yeah, definitely borrowing from that.
5: I have, um, so one of my characters, she's, she's not smart, but her companion is. So like, um, I can't believe I didn't bring this up earlier, but, um, her name's Ren and her companion is a little T-Rex named Dr. Bitey. But he can't talk, but he's really smart. And so like over the course of the uh campaign, Dr. Bitey has formed this like bond with the mad scientist in our group and they can like communicate telepathically. Oh my gosh. And I can communicate telepathically with Dr. Bitey, but like they're like inseparable and they know where each other are and all that <laughs> stuff. It's so hilarious. <laughs> but Ren is like very oh, chill. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Ren is a, a super simple, uh, what is it? Elf ranger? Yeah. Or half elf ranger? Is that elf correct? Elf ranger. And yeah. then, then Brie also gets to play Dr. Bitey, who has a PhD in biting, I
6: think. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah Something like that.
1: Yeah. And he confers with his... A uh, mad scientist friend. He's like, uh, he's an artificer, and uh, he's got a, I think, a theoretical, a theoretical degree in physics. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and like, so is to play two characters. One of them, you know, very expressive, and one of them, uh, a ranger.
7: Exactly. <laughs> Have you ever, guys, played a uh, a character like a two character set, but you aren't? like two other two people are playing one of the each characters so I played a um uh Crow Race. What uh 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 Kenku. Q, thank you. Uh Ken Q and uh my friend played uh his his orc slave and uh the the hilariousness was I would give the orders but since I was Kenku, Q I could own like I only had a limited vocabulary and leaving an Ophish orc to uh, interpret what the orders were and having it as a different player. Oh my God. Hilarious.
1: Yeah. Cause I think Kenku can only say things that they've heard before.
7: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that correct? You yep. can only mimic speech. Yeah.
5: That's awesome. I think we have a monk. Well, Cody's or sorry, my brother is a, a monk and, um, was it Bubba? I mean, sorry. Um he is a what is Bubba? Bubba's a War cleric. Yeah. I think that that one of them like gets the other one, they, they have a close bond, but not like that close is what you're talking about. <laughs> like the the monk he's not very communicative. He just, you know, drinks beer and yeah
7: well my friend and i had a discussion i'm like well okay this is to be balanced or work my ken Q is is pretty worthless in terms of like doing anything he has to rely that's the dynamic is like we say orc slave to him but really without him he's nothing so it, it was like the the tiny man operating the the, the big guy
1: I like that trope—the the brains behind the exactly, muscle.
5: like the little Chihuahua and the big um, bulldog in that cartoon. Yes, that
7: yeah, Spike. It <laughs> was, but when 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 he didn't do, I I had the limited vocabulary. So when he didn't do what I wanted, like I was trying to illustrate it with the limited vocabulary, and he he did such a brilliant job of of like an innocent orc trying to do his best. With the limited vocabulary given to him already and with a 10 at intelligence, um, it was it was fantastic. You have to find the right friend to be able to be like
1: to, to do that.
7: I feel like, it's like playing
1: charades through a uh, through a window of, of uh, stained glass. You're like, what is he doing?
2: Oh, well. Or like playing charades with an accent.
5: So our cleric is really good at, um, at kind of seconding for people. (laughs) So, like, there was this one time when, uh, the monk, uh, he likes to pee on people. I don't know. Well, one time he was peeing on a vampire and the cleric (laughs) blessed the stream (laughs) to to hurt the vampire, like... Those second? Uh, yeah, it was
1: hilarious. I was like, it's bizarre, but I'll allow it. It's doing damage. Oh my god. Both, both psychic and physical damage. Yeah, emotional damage. He'll be in therapy.
7: <laughs> I don't understand, Doctor.
1: <laughs> you all so, sound so fun. I'll tell you nothing. Oh no! He had
7: two swords, but he decided to use his third one. I don't understand.
6: Oh, Michael. And Brie, you sound wonderful and fun, too. I <laughs> I think nice. I, I might have heard you uh, in, in some one-shots previous. Uh, and, I mean, my memory is shot today, but I'm sure we've talked before. Um, but if not, hello. Um, but, yeah, I, I love this community, and, and everyone is so nice. And it's just fun to hear other people's brains work in a very similar way to my own when it comes to stories and uh, kind of developing interesting narratives and characters. So, yeah.
1: That's totally what I'm here for too. I I love making characters. Sometimes I'll make them and I'll never get to use them because I'm a forever dungeon master. I I like it that way. I'll just make them an NPC sometime.
5: Oh, you know, I think we, we, I think we probably spoke in some of the art artist rooms on here. Yeah. I was in clubhouse for years mm. for a long time. Yeah.
6: Yeah. I remember your, um, your uh, profile picture. I'm like, I know this person somehow, but how <laughs> I, I've i been creating I a change one... mine so often.
5: Yeah. I, went, I came back to the original one because I was um, gone for a long time.
6: Hmm.
1: All right, guys, he I is... think it, the time has come for us just about to wrap this up. Does anybody have anything to say before we uh, conclude our character study?
2: What's the girl going to do lot... to get pulled into this stuff?
1: You're already in, you just don't know it. We're, we're doing <laughs> oh, this no. weekly, though. Like, if you Why want not? to join the Play Connection, like the, the club, you know, uh, that Mastermind does, mm-hmm. we're going to be doing this every week. Uh, okay. We haven't decided on, like, a... A weekday yet like if we're gonna like make it like a regular wednesday thing we're trying not to conflict too much with other other folks
2: okay i'm not trying to pimp my uh people but we have also a group that i'm a part of and we have rooms on mondays and tuesdays and so if you had a room on wednesday it would be cool because then i wouldn't have conflict to listen i'm just saying (laughs) That's part hey, of why we're doing it. I am here.
0: It. I've been just kind of listening the last few minutes, but yeah, I think Wednesday might be a good day, John, and unless we find because I know the D and D group. Also, I chatted with Rebecca, and they do groups uh, Tuesday, Thursday.
1: Yeah, we're right not going to step on anybody's toes. I'm I'm glad we've yeah. got a time then, so I can clear my calendar every week.
2: Yeah. So this, but event, I would love. Sorry, not at all. You go. I would love to play too. So
1: that's all. Yeah. One of these times, we'll we'll probably get a game going on here. Yeah, I think definitely
0: we've got some stuff kind of um, that we've tossed around as ideas. And oh gosh, I didn't even add topics. Well, that was silly. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at the room. Like I got this. I got in here so quick, and then I had to jump into my own D and D game. Um, uh, So yeah, Wednesdays I think is a good time for us to to do this, and we will definitely sometimes run some games as well, or choose another day. Uh, to run games, but I think at least consistently once a week we'll be uh, we'll be doing campfire combos. You guys like that title?
6: Yes, I think it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I miss campfires and I can't do them here, so it's perfect. Right, but yeah. yeah,
1: it brings back fond memories for me.
6: Yeah, I like the idea. character kumbaya. Yeah, sitting around the campfire <laughs> talking about your
0: adventures—you know, like that's the, you know, ultimate candy mm. right there. <laughs> uh so thanks everybody who joined sorry i was i was uh, not really to like
7: wrap up each session with all right and uh now it's time for a
1: long yes, rest until when
0: is that michael oh, michael yes, michael you know what <laughs>
1: you're invited back next time <laughs>
0: thank you oh gosh i love you guys all right so um yeah we're good so whenever you guys want jonathan you can you can take the room back sorry <laughs>
1: Oh, it's fine. I was just about to end it anyway. Like, really, I appreciate you guys coming out. Like, you guys were an extremely active group. You had so much to contribute. And that makes things so much better. Like, we it's like we're sitting at a round table or having coffee. It's nice.
2: Mm. I'm multitasking. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> but I'm happy to be here. And I'm happy Likewise, you're coming back.
1: Always. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you came. It'll be same time on Wednesday for next time.
2: Same bat time? Same bat channel?
1: Indie. indeed. Oh, my goodness. Right. No, you, <laughs> you had solid, you had fried gold for the first one. And then you go in. Into-
7: <laughs> it's a mixed bag, man. It's just rolls, man.
1: It's just roll. My day is ruined. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody, thanks very much.
0: Cheers, y'all. Bye. bye. Cheers,